Hello, and welcome back to The Tenth Man. This is episode 27. It is Friday, May 22nd, and today I am very excited to present this episode. We have a very special guest. He is a fixture of Sacramento Kings basketball. He's been on Sports 1140 for over 20 years. He currently hosts The Drive. It is a morning show. It airs from 6 to 9 a.m. And uh, just speaking uh, from one diehard Kings fan to another, uh, it was a great conversation we had. Uh, we both both have grown up in Sacramento and uh, both have similar stories in terms of how we got started in radio. Uh, I actually work with him at KHTK, but uh, not on the air. So uh, this was just a great, great opportunity and uh, I was just uh, just super thankful for him for taking the time to uh, to talk with me. We talked a little bit sports, a little bit uh, COVID, and just uh, radio life in general. And uh, without further ado, here is our conversation. Hey, Carmichael Dave. Yo, what's up, man? <laughs> How's it going, man? Good, brother. How are you? Doing pretty good. Thanks good. for uh, th- thanks for calling in. No, my pleasure, man. Let's rock and roll. Uh, no problem at all. My pleasure. Yeah, super appreciative. You're you're the first uh, celebrity figure on my show. Oh, then you're then you're doing something wrong, man. If I'm the first celebrity, that, that's a that's a stretch of a term. No, man, my pleasure. I, I I believe it or not, I was I've been in your shoes, but I did not have the uh, benefit of all this fun technology to do this stuff so you you gotta you gotta remember where you started man and and, yeah. and appreciate it well yeah no that's why i mean i was thinking about you because i remembered uh, i mean i i've mentioned on my podcast a couple times that i actually work for khtk but i'm not on the air so uh it's kind of nice i've got somebody now who can vouch for me um <laughs> we ended <laughs> up back at that corner pocket on super bowl and uh and i remember meeting you and you were just super nice down to earth and uh you know, and I've I've heard you over the years, and uh, you know, especially being a big longtime Kings fan, you know, the the people who who report on the Kings, I I consider them celebrities. So the fact that you were just so uh, uh, friendly and approachable, uh, I remembered that, and I remembered you mentioning that you kind of had a similar uh, startup in radio. Uh, so I thought that was kind of uh, could make for some interesting uh, interesting conversation. Absolutely, man. I uh, no, it's uh, it's a fun story. So I'm I'm. I'm good. I'm ready to go when you are. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, I know a little bit about your background. Um, uh, I, I guess I just kind of wanted to hear hear from your side in terms of, uh, you know, what got you into radio. I, I, I know I was, I was reading up a little bit. I, I saw that you, uh, you used to do some, uh, some, some sports casts on your own, kind of like recording yourself and then grading yourself. Um, I used to do kind of a similar thing uh, where I would, uh, record on a VH, uh, not a VHS, on an audio cassette, and then I would do like a call-in show, and I would do voices for the people calling in. So, uh, probably sounded pretty crazy to somebody who was outside of the door. But uh, <laughs> I just think uh, stuff like that is pretty interesting. Um, you know, the things that draw us into into radio. Well, one of the earliest lessons I learned is, you know, especially people when they get into this business new. If something goes wrong or they need to pull back the curtain or something, they tend to freak out. I've always been a share everything on the air, be open guy. So in the spirit of right. that, are we are we recording right now? Are we good to go? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I 
once the once the um once the invite goes out as soon as you answer it's basically recording ah see that's why i was giving you short answers i thought i thought we were count (laughs) we were gonna have to count i didn't want to start rambling and then you'd be like okay cool thanks for that answer now i need to hit record all right so we're good that's yeah that's why yeah if you were wondering why i was giving you one sentence answers okay so (laughs) no i was in that but i was like okay he's gonna make me work for it a little bit that's cool no no i i I truly didn't think we were recording that's awesome all right so i honestly i uh, might just keep all this because my thing you know like kind of like you just said with especially with podcasting is like i i just like how organic and raw it is because you don't have the constraints of like a radio with a time limit and all that so you should keep it all. You should. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and and show the warts and all, because I think humanizing oneself to the audience is, is a key. Uh, I've never right. been the type of dude that thinks he's a professional or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, that's Jim Rome and Colin Coward and, and uh, Dan Patrick. Um, I got into the business as a caller. I um, I used to call into King's Post game shows when I was a teenager. And um, I had a boom box that I could hit record on and I carried it around with me everywhere so that if I was at a friend's house or something, I could, you know, they'd, they'd roll their eyes at me and rightfully so, but I, you know, I'd sneak into another right. room. I'd, I'd wait on hold. I'd do my call. And then I'd, I'd have a tape of all my calls and, uh, and, and I'd be my own program director. So that's, right. that's a big way to get experience is people say, well, you know, how do I get in the business? How can I get better? Just, just, even if it's for an audience of you, just right. do it. Repetition is key. Right. Is it is it true that uh, Jason Ross um, told you that if you called in every day for a year that you'd, he'd get you a job? So Jason Ross and a guy named Steve Buzzard, two of the greatest people you'll ever meet, were both doing the postgame show. And uh-huh. that's when I was Dave and Carmichael, like Fred and Elk Grove or Billy and <laughs> <Right>. Rockland. <laughs> And, you know, back when it was real caller heavy radio, if, if you became a familiar enough name, it, it, they would sometimes switch it around to Fair Oaks Rick or Rockless Bob. And <laughs> right. I was I was Carmichael Dave. And that's that's stuck. And yeah. they told me um, they said, hey, listen, if you want to, you know, now that I'm on the other side, I kind of get it. If you can get callers that, that can complete a sentence, basically, and are somewhat coherent. Right. It's a great way to start off. There's nothing. um Nothing gets calls going like other callers. People hear callers call in and maybe they have a, a take that's passionate or controversial or whatever. And that right. always gets the ball rolling. So, yeah, they said, hey, as long as you promise to call in, um, we'll let you up first every night. And, man, I, I if I missed a game, I don't remember it for a number of years. I was every single game I was uh, on hold. Got I kind of memorized how long it took until they were about to go to calls. I'd get in right. and just put it on speaker and chill out and wait. That's so cool. Yeah. And, you know, kind of like to your point also about um, encouraging other people to call in. I think that uh, for me anyway, that kind of gets back to the approachability factor for you because uh, I I've um, I've always been a little bit um, nervous about calling into shows. And uh, in fact, um, I think I mentioned to you when we met at corner pocket that I, I had called into the, uh, the afternoon that the Doug and uh, the Grant and Doug show uh, with the Kobe Bryant death. And just, just because of the fact that that in particular was so moving to me that it, uh, and kind of like you said, I, I, you know, you're hearing so many other people telling the stories. Uh, but, but I have to say um, I'm more intimidated about calling into somebody like a Grant Napier 
than I am to somebody like you, because frankly, uh, Grant scares me sometimes, you know, he can, <laughs> he can turn on a dime uh, if, if the caller says the wrong thing. The, 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 that makes me laugh because when I first, my first break into KHDK after interning on the weekend shows was um, doing backup updates to Jason Ross. And Jason would do uh, what was in the Grant Napier and Mike Lamb show uh, and then uh, Jim Cosmore show after it. So I grew up idolizing Grant Napier, truly one of my right. top three idols in sports and radio broadcasting. And yeah. um, I sure. had you know grown up listening to him, his calls, his radio. So, for the for the longest time, uh, well, for the for a few months, um, I was and Grant has told the story too. I was scared to death of Grant. I, I would call him <laughs> Mister Napier, and one of the uh, one of the guys that works there who ended up being a program director years later, Kevin Sherritt, who ended up being a real good friend of mine. He told me before my first update with Grant and Mike, he said, "Hey, dude, listen, Grant's a cool dude. Don't worry about it. But one thing that really bothers him is." Don't make eye contact. Whatever you do, just don't make eye contact. It just freaks really? him out. Dude, and I thought I thought he was serious. So like for the first <laughs> like five times I was around Grant, I I didn't make eye contact. I That's funny. Answer. I and thought you finally, were serious just now telling me. <laughs> no, like for, right. Grant has a very intimidating way about him. And then finally, yeah. you know, because Grant's Grant's like an older, you know, old he's old enough to be my you know, an older brother type of thing. He finally right. says Dude, hey, what, how, how, how come you never look at me? Like, when you talk, right. is, is, are you okay? And, right. and, I, and I told him the story, and he just laughed. And he goes, That's man, funny. You, got, you got had. And, and to this day, it's so funny. <laughs> radio Grant um, and it is Radio Grant. But right. he has, for many, many years now, uh, been one of my best friends. The guy will do anything for you. He is amazingly charitable with his time uh with his right. with his foundation uh it's one of those things where you're you're afraid to meet your heroes and right then occasionally you meet them and they they exceed your expectations he's, he's a great dude yeah no i and i and i and i should also add that uh the, the intimidation factor uh doesn't doesn't uh, preclude me my respect or adoration because i'm kind of in the same boat i mean i'm I, uh, I grew up and kind of came of age in the 90s and uh, always was a huge, huge fan of uh, him and Jerry Reynolds, uh, you know, the broadcasting. And then I also do remember, and, and obviously as, as well, you were you were heavily involved in obviously the, the keeping the Kings in Sacramento. And I, I actually remember the last game that uh, that could have been the last game in Sacramento. And he, he and Jerry Reynolds had this really emotional moment uh, after, after the game. And it really shows you the, the humanity. And, you know, as you said, very, uh, I think, I think a lot of it is just when you're just deeply passionate about what you do, uh, you, you take it seriously and you have a lot of respect for it. And, and thusly you don't have a lot of patience for uh, people bringing in stupid bullshit, I guess, you know, <laughs> Well, everybody has their own personality. Grant Grant's from New York, and they have a very different style right. of sports radio. Um, you know, if you're going to call in with Grant and Doug, you better be ready to go. You better be prepared, and you better do your thing. They're very, you know, you have an ex-athlete legend, and you have Grant, who's been in the business forever and around the game forever. They're very right. sports-oriented. Um, I came yeah. from being a caller. That's how I started. So it's a little bit easier to call in to somebody like me, most likely, uh, because I tend to have a little bit more patience and a little bit more understanding of, of how difficult right. it is. Plus, I'm not nearly as professional as Grant. So if somebody, 
you know, if I have a, a terrible phone call, if I have a mean phone call or somebody is being a dick, I'll deal with them. But if somebody's just right. not, not, you know, they're, they're freaking out a little bit or nervous or whatever. Um, I love those. Those are the ones that tend to get me going. And right. more often than not, they, they turn into 10 minute segments with the right. callers. We, <laughs> we limp through and then they end up calling in regularly. So I, I, I right. actually love those types of calls. Well, also, and I, you know, one of the things I really like about you is you, you really just kind of, I, I feel like you just kind of wear your heart on your sleeve and uh, you kind of take it or leave it. And I mean, I remember um, a couple, I think it was maybe a, a month or so ago, uh, actually, there was a, there was a KHTK Facebook post and somebody was on there complaining about how you were apparently getting too political on the show. And you were kind of just like, well, you know, you're free to turn the dial, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. And uh, I think that kind of, it felt like a kind of, irked him that he wasn't having the effect that that he intended no and 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 i've always you know i'm sure the bosses would would hate to 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 hear that but at the same (laughs) time uh they get it they know how i am i'm i love our audience i love anybody that listens i love people that that they're feeding my family by taking the time and i will respect them but um i will never change you know listen there are rules we have i'm not going to say the f word right i'm not gonna i'm not gonna slander anyone without proof but as far as opinions and those subjects i have opinions on when i'm on the radio i am who i am and i make no apologies and you're gonna like me or not like me and if somebody shows up and says hey uh i don't like it when you do this i have two choices i can say okay well thanks for the advice i won't do it anymore Right. Um, or I or I can say, hey, listen, you know what? Um, I'm married to my wife. I love her to death. She's my life partner. But every once in a while, she pisses me off. But I don't get a divorce. So if, if you can handle it, great. And, and right. you're welcome in. And, and I appreciate the criticism and I'll argue with you all day. But yeah. if you're if you can't handle it, there are a lot of options for you, man. And odds are they probably right. want a listener anyways. Well, yeah, that's, and that's probably true also. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think it just all comes down to respect at the end of the day uh, where we can all have our different views uh, and perceptions on things, but as long as you keep it respectful, um, you know, and again, like, like for me personally, that's, that's what I love about the podcast because it's, uh, you know, I kind of, uh, kind of venture into different areas and, and, and of course, you know, you kind of mentioned earlier, it is a, a kind of a fortunate age for that kind of thing. Cause even like, 10 or 15 years ago, the accessibility to do something like this was, was not the level that it is now. Um, but it's definitely been fun. Uh, no, uh, the, the technology has definitely given us accessibility like we've never had before. And people are able to do things now. They're, the, the opportunities to broadcast are so vast and wide. It really right. is a wild west out there. And, and honestly, both TV and radio broadcasting, um, or should I say video and audio um, with the invention of, you know, with the onslaught of Netflix and all these streaming capacities, and then anybody with a microphone or a, an iPhone truly can now do yeah. a podcast Yeah, and kind of like what we're doing right now. Years ago when I broke in, you know, now I'm going to sound boobery, but it just, <laughs> you couldn't do that. You know, I remember yeah. going to radio shack and getting a couple of microphones that I had to get a microphone splitter, and mm-hmm. then I had to get two microphones that would plug into that splitter, and then they would, um, and then they, then they would, we would put it into my boombox, and me and a buddy or just me would sit there and talk into the mic, and it sounded horrible while we recorded on a cassette tape. Right. And then I, I would take that tape into a double decker boombox. God, I sound old. And then I would like record 
musical intros and outros and kind of create a show. It's like now, wow, yeah. oh my God, you have if you have a laptop uh, and an iPhone, right? Oh, you're uh, you you can you can do broadcast quality stuff, which is awesome. That's and that's really amazing that you that you went through all that effort. And I think the I guess the kind of flip side to that, uh, of course, is that uh, it, it's so oversaturated now with podcasters um, that the, the competition is it's you know, it's, it's kind of like with Uber, right? Like uh, in taxis and everything like you, you just just get so oversaturated with the, with sort of the competition uh, that you really have to kind of up your game. Um, and, and, uh, you know, as I said, um, like I personally growing up in Sacramento, I've always really respected you. So for me, it feels like, it feels like having a celebrity. Um, but I, but I also like the kind of local factor as well, you know, both, both of us having grown up in Sacramento and just the whole Carmichael Dave, uh, you know, as you mentioned before, I just, uh, I, I really like that. Well, it's, it's all I am. I mean, I couldn't, I've had <clears throat> I've had offers in other markets before, and it just doesn't work. Carmichael Day doesn't work in Houston or New York or right. Omaha, and I've never had any. Listen, I'm not gonna lie. If somebody offered me ten million dollars a year to go work in Jacksonville tomorrow, I'd do it because I'm not an idiot. But <laughs> right. short of that, <clears throat> I right. there's truly no other city I'd rather live in. There's I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to live in a I don't want to do radio in a city. I, I do not want to do radio in a city. Now, think about this. Uh, probably i would say 70 percent, maybe it's less now of your usually your broadcasters on on local radio are not from that area um you know grant's from new york doug's from seattle and this is no slight at them they're this is a compliment to them right i wouldn't have the ability to do sports radio in a market where i didn't root for the teams i don't i don't want to talk to people on the phone all day or get passionate or have to watch games where right. you know if, I, if, if i'm living in uh phoenix i don't care about the cardinals or the suns or the coyotes <laughs> or the diamondbacks and I, and so now it becomes a job right here i'm gonna watch the niners the raiders the a's the giants the kings the river cats the, mm-hmm. the republic i'm already going to watch them so i'm just talking to people about things we share a true passion for that right. I, I, that's why I, I really can never move markets it's just not going to happen yeah that's really interesting yeah um really that's it's the the personal side of it and i think that i think that really uh shines through in your in your craft really because you you really do come across as just a sincere uh passionate person and i think especially in in sports radio i think uh, such a huge part of of it and it kind of gets back to what you were saying before about encouraging people to call in is is people have to hear that sincerity and feel like you know you're kind of one of them i think that radio can be a very intimidating place but it can also be just a phone call i I wanted to just kind of ask you in general because i was actually listening this morning and you had uh you had senator pan and i was i was going to say i really appreciate that you that you do that because i think that's that's such an important topic. And uh, pretty much in the last month or so on my podcast, I've almost exclusively been talking COVID-19, not necessarily even by uh, design, but just out of the fact that it just, it's just become such a big part of all of our lives. And uh, you said something this morning that really, uh, really uh, struck me because you said that you were kind of feeling scared about the businesses opening back up and that you were kind of concerned that it made you like not as manly and uh, in, in my podcast, like I said, I've been talking about it. And I, and I really was voicing uh, a lot of the same concerns. Um, 
So it's it's nice to hear that. I mean, obviously, it's not nice to, that people are concerned, but it's nice that you know you're not alone in that, and that um, these problems are are really something serious that we need to really think seriously about. I um, I spend a lot of time on social media. I, I I love interacting with people. So when I'm not on the air, oftentimes you'll find me on Twitter or Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with social media is that it's just, it's usually a, a it's dominantly predominantly very much a certain personality type, and right. you you tend to get your opinions skewed. Almost every poll I've seen yeah. is somewhere between seventy and eighty percent. People are they support the 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 things taken, the precautions taken. They are concerned. Uh, vary with uh, getting the disease and the spread of it and blah, blah, blah. But when you go on social media, there's so many people that, and listen, let's just be honest. And this is where you're either going to appreciate what I'm saying or think I'm a douchebag, but I I just can't filter it. You know, their social media gives a certain sect of people who really don't get much attention in real life they're frustrated they're mm-hmm. um you know they, they everybody wants to be heard and not everybody's lucky enough to be able to have a platform so people go on social media and they use that as a platform and that's fantastic but the problem is is that more often than not they carry with them these insecurities and they need to prove to everybody how great they are so you go on social media and you see these people videoing themselves not wearing masks or talking about these massive conspiracy theories or talking about how they see through all the crap and they're not a sheep. Well, not everybody, but generally that personality type, and I'm very much into psychology. Those are the types that they, they need to feel like they're in control and they need everybody else to know that they're not scared. They're generally the most scared of everyone. Right. They, they need to feel, when you have something like COVID-19, which is a, a, a novel coronavirus, a new coronavirus, there is no control. The best doctors and scientists right. in the world don't know what they're, you know, they're figuring it out as they go. Right. A lot of people can't handle that. So much like back in the day, you know, the sun revolved around the earth and fire came from the gods and, right. uh, you know, all the things that we've told ourselves throughout history when we can't answer a question you're seeing that on social media right now where exactly. people people need to feel like they're in control. And the one way they do that is try to espouse these beliefs where everyone else doesn't get it, but they and their friends do. Okay, right. well, I get it, dude. You're freaked out. Just nothing no no uh no there's no shame in saying you're worried about a virus that shut down the freaking world. It's okay, brother. Right. Yeah, it's this is sort of like um inconvenient truth in a sense of uh not wanting to believe something that isn't isn't uh good for you but it doesn't change the fact uh i think i think uh you mentioned i think i heard you mention on the show this morning correct me if i'm wrong but uh, you were saying something about how uh science doesn't care about your emotions um and that's just you know to your point uh you can you can feel however way you want about it but the fact is i mean we're approaching a hundred thousand deaths and like the thing I always think about when we're talking about reopening is how, how 
this 100,000 deaths is with everything that we've done up until this point, wearing the masks, the, the quarantines and the social distancing and, you know, having an hour in the morning just for elderly people to shop. That's that's with all of that. So imagine if we had just done what some of these people think that, you know, we're just overblowing it and hadn't done any of this. I mean, you know, just looking at a complete disaster. Well, that's that's part of the problem. It's and, and you're you're correct, except one thing. It, it was done mostly with those provisions, but we went for a good amount of time without, without doing the provisions. It. And exactly people need to realize that hey listen the the virus and who knows barring a miracle maybe maybe the virus has a shelf life of six months maybe the virus gets weaker as as it goes maybe he does get rid of the virus anybody who says no 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 doesn't know what they're talking about because nobody knows what they're talking about right but the virus didn't say hey you know what you know these businesses have been shut down for a while and i know that i know that bill and jane are bored and want to see their friends and you know, everybody hates having sports. Uh, we're going to go ahead and not infect really that many people now. No, dude, it's the same virus that was here three months ago, four months ago. It's the same deal. Now, it's not going to be, you would think, as bad because there is social distancing. People are wearing right. masks. And even if it's not everybody, it's a lot more than we're doing it four months ago. So I don't think it will be as bad. What I worry about is that we will just have a fairly steady amount of cases of deaths and the occasional outbreak and you just hope that that outbreak doesn't uh doesn't go too crazy right oh yeah i think i think you i think that's exactly right um and again i mean as until we have a vaccine i I don't i just don't know how you can reasonably expect it uh, other than just kind of that wishful thinking um how how would you say it's affected you in terms of uh, obviously, like for me, I haven't stepped foot in the uh, KHTK uh, building in uh, close to two months now because um, they've pretty much all the promotions people. They're not, you know, they're not doing any. Obviously, they're not doing any group events or anything like that. Um, but, you know, obviously working in radio, there's there's things you can do. But how, how has that affected you in terms of your day to day job and and also your your uh, home life? Well, I just finished week nine of being away from the studio and doing things at my house. Um, I, I, it it has affected me and my life and my family's life, uh, in some pretty crazy ways, but I'm one of the lucky ones, man. I got a job. I can do it from home. And my wife who now works from home all but one or two days a week, you know, we have two children, 12 and 11, and Mm -hmm. this has been tough on kids and, They've had to be home and distance learn. And one thing that's fantastic is I can get off the air at nine. I, I go straight in, make sure the kids are had breakfast or ready to go and are, are getting ready to do their thing. I can help them with their homework. I can assist them because they don't have teachers there. A lot of parents have kind of become de facto homes, home teachers. And right. so I can go, listen. I could spend 10 minutes telling you about all the, uh, how much it sucks and the things that have had to switch around because a lot of it sucks. I, but yeah, uh, I, I refuse, you know, you gotta look at the bright side, man. There's people out there that are like, yeah, I've been home every day cause I don't have a job and I don't know where I'm going to go and I don't know what I'm going to do. So mm-hmm. for me, broadcasting from my home studio is, uh, 
like I said, I'm one of the lucky ones, man. Right. Do you think that uh, this is going to have any long-term effects? Because like you mentioned just now about you work in an industry that it's it's fairly easy to kind of make those concessions because you can, as you said, you can broadcast from home. Uh, do you think that there's going to be some long-term implications, even, even if we do get a vaccine, but just in terms of, because like the way I look at it, you, you know, for me, this has been eye-opening in the sense of there's there are a lot of things that we can do through telework. And um, like, for example, I, I work in the Bay and it's been, for me, it's been great, like not having to be away from my kids. Like I've, I get to spend more nights with my kids and I'm also saving a whole lot on gas. So do, do you see that as being, do you see maybe some long-term changes happening? After oh, absolutely. This? absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I think the best analogy um, that, that we've heard is, you know, did things get back to normal after nine 11 kind of, but we still to this day carry some of those, uh, obligations and, and so-called burdens. I think it'll be the same. I think radio, for example, I think, I think people have learned, um, that you don't have to be in the studio. Now it's a better setup, but if I'm a, if, if, if I am a broadcast medium, and I can save on rent, I can save on equipment, I can save on labor, and I can have my house be remote and, and just save on the real estate and expense itself, then um, it's definitely something I think a lot of people are going to look at. And I think that goes for a lot of uh, other jobs as well. As you said, tele- teleworking, Zoom, uh, Cisco, WebEx, uh, Microsoft Teams, these are all things a lot of people didn't know back in the day. And now... Right. Um, you're going to see a lot of businesses saying, you know, listen, the, the, the majority of businesses, you gotta be there, but there are right. going to be more now that say, eh, you know what? We don't really need to be there. Uh, we can do this other stuff and we can save money. So yeah, that's going to happen. Right. Yeah. And I really look at it also from just sort of a carbon footprint uh, environmentalist perspective too. Uh, you know, you've seen like how the how the pollution has gone down in L.A. There's there's rivers in Naples, Italy that you can actually see the bottom of the river. Uh, and I think that it's um, for me, I, I hope that and maybe I'm just being idealistic, but but I hope that maybe it makes us as a, as a society kind of relook at uh, how we take the, the issue of climate change. And I think, unfortunately, though, maybe uh, you, you kind of mentioned earlier the, the people on social media who kind of just choose to not believe what doesn't convenience them and I, I i guess maybe those people probably won't be convinced no matter what kind of results we see in terms of the uh the carbon emissions and all that kind of thing but i i still hold on to some hope nah they won't be convinced i mean yeah you just have you just have people that want to live the way they want to live and they're not going to believe it's, it's easier for them to call it fake news than to uh, actually take right. responsibility. Now, the other side of the equation is this, man. I'm not a religious dude, but I, boy, do I believe in Mother Nature. And Mother Nature has a very interesting way. I, I, I think that <clears throat> this shouldn't be mistaken for people feeling the need to uh, do what they want to do. But I think it is incredibly, I've always thought it is incredibly pompous of us as a species to believe that we could do anything other than, you know, nuclear bombs. And that's a different story. 
Mother Nature is going to take care of itself. Mother Nature right. is going to when, when when Mother Nature gets pushed to the limit. Mother mm-hmm. Nature has a strange way of letting us know, even if we don't listen, that uh, ain't going to work, guys. And right. if we were if we were to push, the reason people should be afraid is that if you get to if you get to a certain point, pollution wise, climate wise, whatever. Well, here's what's going to happen. Okay. World's going to heat up. People are going to die off. Uh, ice shelves are going to do their thing. It's going to affect humans. We're going to die. A lot of us. Life's going to change. Sure. It's still going to be here. It's just going to be a different kind of earth. And there will be right. animals that can adapt and animals that can't. So uh, I've always had a lot of faith in the earth and the fact that she'll, she'll let us know when we're screwing up. Right. Well, it has really been it's been a privilege to talk to you and uh, I, I'm, I'm cognizant that it's, it's uh, we're moving along in the day here and uh, I don't want to, don't want to hold you up any longer, but um, super appreciative of you taking the time to talk to me. Wow, dude, it's my pleasure. Listen, you're, you're doing what people should do. You're, you're doing, you're going out and you're practicing and you're learning and you're perfecting your craft and there is no magic sauce. There's no formula. you, you, just learning to converse and kicking back and, you know, having a conversation. People listen to the radio to be entertained, but people listen to the radio because they're voyeurs. They they want to feel like a fly in the wall and be right. conversational and, and having a talk and not having to do, hey, if I pass the hour, let's go. to. You know, <laughs> I, I can't do that. Um, right. And uh, so you're off to a, you're off to a great start. Uh, you call me anytime. Let me know. It's absolutely my pleasure, my man. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, brother. You take care. (laughs) All right. You too, man. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. As I said, I have a lot of respect for Carmichael Dave. Uh, If you get a chance, check him out on The Drive, Sports 1140 KHTK, every Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m., it's always good, lively conversation. They talk Kings basketball, but they also just talk general uh, events in, in sports. And lately they've been talking about COVID as well, just like I've been. Uh, so definitely recommend uh, checking him out. Uh, you can also check out khtk.com and you can listen to uh, playbacks of the show. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed. I certainly had a good time uh, ch- chatting with him. And I will be talking to you guys again really soon. Thanks again. And remember, don't be afraid to question the consensus.